This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. September is Alopecia Awareness Month, and today's guest is Frank Cornine. Frank was a teenager when his hair started falling out. After a decade, he found a local support group and soon realized there wasn't something that specifically shed light on alopecia and what boys and men were specifically experiencing. Frank started the Alopecia Connection podcast earlier this year and is looking forward to sharing interviews with men and boys and others who are living with alopecia in order to connect each other through story. Frank, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to find a fellow podcaster and talking about alopecia. I think there's so much space that we could fill. But true. Yeah, right now I would love to just kind of have you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do. So my name is Frank. I'm from the Boston area. Personally, um, like to fish, like to hike. I'm, of course, into all the Boston sports. Um, I got two daughters, uh, age 10 and seven. A lot of my daily uh, activities is with them. You know, I'm pretty much a professional driver, you know, driving them to karate, <laughs> to soccer, to Girl Scouts, to music lessons and all that stuff. But yeah, that's that's me uh, in a nutshell. Fantastic. We, we love to be chauffeurs, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And let's share a little bit about your alopecia story. You were... Were you 17 when, yes. when you developed alopecia? Okay. Yep. So it was uh, basically in the summer of 2001. Um, I was getting ready for my senior year of high school. I had just turned 17. And my family took a, a trip out your part of the country, up in the Northwest. Um, we went to Portland, Oregon. We went to Seattle, Washington. And I think at, at some point during the trip, I noticed that my beard, I, I basically had a pretty much a full beard at the time. And my chin area was just really patchy. Like it was just very, very bare. And, you know, I didn't really know much of anything at the time. So I just chalked it up to, you know, something a temporary. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, with time it would just, I don't know, refill back in. It's kind of unusual, isn't it, for for many teenagers to have a full beard and to kind of see. I mean, that's when that's where a lot of men see that patchiness come in. Yeah. But yeah, you were you were quite young when that happened. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so again, this is right before senior year, so I think within the month I, you know, went to the uh the barber and uh the hairdresser and and got, you know, back to school haircut. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, trimming the back of my my neck and everything. And he just kind of stopped and, you know, said, Hey, uh, just to let you know, I'm kind of seeing these, you know, small quarter sized patches just, you know, on my neck area. Mm-hmm. He kind of chalked it up to maybe just like a male pattern or just, just a, a typical balding, I guess. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, I, I think it was obvious to me at least right then that this was not your traditional uh, male pattern baldness so 
So I think it was actually that weekend. Um, I had a buddy who would kind of routinely buzz his head. And so, you know, having these patches on the back of my head, I called him up and I said, Hey, you know, I just, just went to the barbers and I got these patches and, you know, they're, they're pretty noticeable. Why don't you just come over and, you know, bring your clippers and we'll just buzz my head really, really short. Just so, you know, I can go to school and it won't, it won't be, you know, as noticeable. And, and then, you know, we can kind of figure out what's actually going on um, after that, you know. Did you have any yeah, we, feelings about what, what you think caused that? So, of course, you know, we went to the primary care and then uh, he brought up alopecia. First time, you know, ever hearing about that, of course. Right. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we got uh, sent to the dermatologist and, mm-hmm. you know, the dermatologist did kind of mention, you know, stress could be a factor. Mm-hmm. which, you know, again, you know, senior in high school, you're getting ready for college. There's all that stress. And, you know, the fall of 01 was, you know, extremely stressful for pretty much the whole country. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, a lot going on. And, and the thing about my dermatologist, I remember he was, he was so um, not compassionate at all. He was very uh, like a, a cold, you know, right. doctor with poor, uh, Bedside, manner. bedside manners. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was another kind of issue with the whole thing, but, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard it too. Just don't stress, try not to think about it. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm 17 and you're saying my hair may or may not fall out, mm-hmm. you know, could go either way, but just try not to think about it. And it's like right. pretty much impossible. So mm-hmm. he uh, prescribed some oral uh, prednisone for a couple months and you know, I really didn't do much and I never really got any regrowth and it just slowly went all out. And, you know, the uncertainty of the whole thing was probably the worst part. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a real common concern for, for all of us when we're diagnosed. It's like, oh, well, maybe it'll grow back. Maybe it'll fall completely all that. Maybe it'll just get be patchy. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's a really common concern for sure. But yeah, so senior, you know, senior year having that go on was, you know, certainly rough. And again, just the whole uncertainty about it and actually being in school was relatively fine. You know, there weren't any issues with other students or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The most part, the teachers are pretty good. You know, a couple of them offered, oh, you know, you can find if you want to wear a hat around or something like that. But, you know, at that point, you're just trying to not draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, it was nice of them to offer, I guess, but I started wearing a hat around school, you're, you're kind of defeating that and just drawing more attention to yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finished high school, went to a small, uh, rural college in Maine. And I think after high school, leaving that kind of familiar space and then going off to a, a whole different state, a whole different place, all new people mm-hmm. within that first year of having alopecia, that was like really rough. Yeah. I wasn't even really adjusted to myself yet with alopecia. Right. So, you know, moving on to college and everything, I think there was like a lot of uh, social anxiety issues that kind of like crept up with that and just Mm -hmm. isolation issues too. And I think, you know, a lot of this was because, you know, with alopecia, you don't really have any control over the situation. Mm -hmm. So I think personally, I tried to, in most situations, try to have 
some degree of control, you know? Right. You know, whether what, what it was... What did that look like? Yeah. Sure. Well, just you're going to go out in crowd, which, you know, at the time wasn't really a big fan of. It's, it's okay. Like, when are we going to leave? How are we going to get there? What are we going to do when we get there? You know, just everything basically having to be planned out so yeah. you could have some sense of control over right. over what was going on. Because again, you know, as you know, as as a lot of alopecians know, just the uncertainty and the feeling of the, the lack of control you feel just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really difficult sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely... The planning piece of it, I totally get. And what if they were to throw like a, a trip to the lake or something in there and you'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. that's like a whole yeah. other component, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that you said that because I think we don't often talk about that, that yeah. regaining control in, in other ways and whether that's healthy or not, right? I mean, we kind of yeah. go, okay. But yeah, 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 I think that sense of control is just completely normal. But we, like I said, we don't talk about a lot. Yeah. And, you know, going to, you know, out in public, you're, you're always kind of concerned about people maybe saying something or looking at you in a certain way. So that was, you know, mm-hmm. another component of the whole control thing. But yeah. In wintertime, did you feel like there was a sense of relief because you were, it's like hats were acceptable, you know, and it's cold where you are. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much at the time wore hats, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really all the time. This kind of situation pretty much continued for for years, really. And I had not actually met another person with alopecia for a good 10 years, I think, mm-hmm. after I'd first developed it. So, thankfully started uh, reaching out and, you know, going to the local NAF support groups and everything like that, which just stopping right there, anyone who's, you know, new to alopecia, I would highly recommend to reach out to, you know, the local NAF groups and and get involved and just meet people who have gone through the same thing that that you've gone through, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Was that where you met your first person with alopecia then? Was that a support group meeting? Okay. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I think that it it it's not uncommon to hear that people take a decade to yeah. meet people just like you did. Yeah, that's at the ten year mark, and then there was another ten years that happened right after that yeah. after first meeting. So yeah, so so I went to the first one and it was great, you know, just um to meet a couple people, and then maybe I thought I was fine, and you know, kids came along too, so you're really busy, and the meeting was um a bit of a drive from my house too, so there was that component. Mm-hmm. My wife worked nights as a nurse, so I don't know if like the the monthly meeting conflicted with her, you know, work schedule. So I'd have to take care of the kids, so I couldn't really mm-hmm. go on a uh, routine basis because I'm the kind of person if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the time. I'm not just going to go on a right. on a one off, you know. So yeah, but eventually, I just made the you know the, the kids get older, and I think I just made a conscious effort to say I need to go you know, routinely. So I get some uh, better benefit out of all this, you know, looking back, I'm sure that, you know, my family at the time, you know, back when I was 17, I'm sure they, they offered or suggested, but I think, you know, just at the time as a 17 year old, I just wasn't interested in pretty much dealing with anything. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that about that. I mean, you are where you are today. You started the Alopecia Connection podcast yep. and it's really exciting. And a lot of your focus is around 
boys and men, right? Because yep. there's so little support out there and so few resources um, yeah. in this in the way. So I would love to hear about Alopecia Connection and and the motivation behind it. Yeah, so I think, you know, once I started going to the local meetings routinely, the, the best part or the part that I get the most benefit from personally is just hearing everyone's stories, whether they're, mm-hmm. you know, a guy or a girl. I think our meetings and to be 90% women, mm-hmm. whether they're you know, male or female, their stories are beneficial. But I just kind of felt that if, if I could take a lot of these stories that I hear in the local meetings and, and um, record them and, and put them out, then maybe there's another 17-year-old out there who is starting to deal with alopecia and doesn't want to go to a meeting, mm-hmm. but they can flip a podcast on when they're driving around and, and still get that connection. Mm -hmm. to someone who has alopecia. So, you know, I I think in general, there's more resources for women out there with alopecia. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to give a a platform for for men with alopecia as well. Yeah. Um, You know, I also, of course, you know, I want to interview women as well. I find that a lot of times women will, you know, talk about uh, things that we necessarily can't relate to, like um, wigs and, you know, their loss of their femininity, whereas... Mm -hmm you know, we have to deal with the loss of our masculinity to a degree. So it's, it's, you know, an opposite side of the coin, really. But what I love about interviews in general is that you could be listening to someone who you don't relate to at all on the surface, but, but during their interview, you know, they might just say that one line, it just really resonates with you. Mm -hmm. So really, I just, I just figure if I can get as many stories out there as possible, then uh, it could help a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% correct in that because I think that so many people have stories to share. And like you said, it's that one line. It's, it's, I always called it in when I was writing my book, it was the last, the last two lines of, of the story because that it kind of just brought it all together and somebody yeah. could go, Oh, I get it. You know, they're like me yeah. or I understand that. What would you say? is something that's kind of unique to men when developing alopecia or living with it. And and I know this progresses over time too, that that's a little bit more unique, like you said, you know, loss of masculinity. Yeah. I think, you know, women, I think just in society, like wigs are more acceptable for women. Mm-hmm. So they have the option to do that. You know, some of course don't, that's great. From a man's perspective, we don't really have that option. And also just with eyebrow, makeup, eyelash stuff. Mm-hmm. That's stuff again, that's not as generally acceptable for men. So there's that. And then, you know, women might, or I guess, uh, might be generalizing here, but a benefit to losing, you know, their, their leg hair and, mm-hmm. and other body hair. Whereas men, that's part of our masculinity. And from a personal perspective, you know, my, my family is, you know, Italian and Irish. So mm-hmm. tend to have more body hair than a lot of other people. Yeah. And when I developed alopecia, I lost all that. So I kind of lost my connection to my family as well. Mm. You know, I know it's a surface connection, but right. still it's just, you know, I'm not like now the rest of the guys in my family. So yeah, that's really helpful because a lot of listeners are mothers of boys yeah. with alopecia and they don't often hear what their boys might be going through, right? Or it's not just mothers, of course, listening, it's fathers too, and and young men. So when you say 
losing uh, like your leg hair and stuff. And I remember hearing something about armpit hair. You know, that's kind of like a rite of passage almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, again, touching on that. That's really important. And what would you like to see? Actually, who would you like as guests? Let's just put it out there. Who do you want on your podcast to kind of Um, help continue to promote this? Yeah. I mean, you know, really, really anyone. I think that the cool thing with this is having so many different forms of alopecia and the fact that it can develop at any age, it can come and go and then go again. The amount of unique stories that can be told is pretty vast. So, right. you know, really, really anyone. But of course, it'd be, it'd be cool to uh, eventually talk to, you know, Anthony Kerrigan, mm-hmm. um, some of the other more uh, well-known alopecians. Yeah, they've got a lot to share. So it's it's yeah. great. And they've got, like you said, you know, they're visible, right? And yes. so people are like, oh, let's, you know, follow him. Let's follow them and see what they're doing. Because it's really, it is great. I was just, ta- had another interview earlier today. And we had, we talked about that visibility, having people talking about alopecia in a positive way. And, and that's what it's about, because it's not often looked at as as a positive, right? Until yeah. the last, I, I would say, you know, with social media, that's really changed a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything to add that we haven't covered today? So I had been, you know, thinking, kind of going back to the start of the podcast, I was thinking about doing it for a while. And mm-hmm. You know, I started researching, you know, the gear that I would need, the hosting process mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. And um, eventually I started getting the gear together and then pretty much had everything. And then Rio's tragedy happened in March. Right. And at that point, just being like, what am I waiting for? Yeah. You know, and I just started reaching out in mass to a lot of the alopecians that I've been connected to just on social media and just trying to get it going because it just got to the point where, what am I waiting for? Yeah, I love that. Um, I mean, I I don't like the, you know, that's what pushed you over the edge. Yeah, but yeah, at the same time, it is, it is a it puts things in perspective for sure. Exactly. So, yeah. What yeah. am I waiting for? Let's just yeah. let's do this. Let's yeah, make a exactly. difference. Awesome. Yeah. And I love that you're making a difference, especially for boys and men and, yeah. and all people living with alopecia. If you could just share where people can reach out to you. Sure. So the the main account is on Instagram and that's just alopecia underscore connection. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also on Twitter and that's at alopecia connect. Um, We're also on Facebook as well. You can just search for alopecia connection there. You can also just email the show directly at alopecia connection at gmail.com. Awesome. And I will definitely have all of that in the show notes for people to reference when they are looking for you. Awesome. If anyone wants to you know, share their story, feel free to, to contact me through one of those ways. I can say that many of the people that I've interviewed so far, they've come back to me afterwards and expressed how freeing it was to, to yeah. say their alopecia story, to get it out there. Mm-hmm. They might've been kind of holding it in. And now that they've mm-hmm. been able to kind of say their, their side of alopecia, you know, it's kind of really uh, felt good to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. So, yep, it can be freeing and it it is freeing regardless. And, and you find out things about yourself. You find out things about people when they contact you based on that. And it's interesting because when we, when we post episodes, our family hears, right. And they, they might not ever know that that's the way we were feeling. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for that. Yeah. And, you know, just through our shared experiences, that's where we get 
kind of our our strength, you know? Absolutely. And Frank, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today on Alabisha Life and for taking the time to share your story with all of us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your time with me and Frank today. The links to his socials and to his podcast are listed here in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you are enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review for Alopecia Life wherever you download and listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to alopecialife.com to find out more information on courses, coaching, and a ton of free resources. 